the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey, with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome God.
your heart feel happy we'll do some more singing in a few minutes now let's get back to our continuing bible story from the bible and living sound mother what is jerusalem like you'll soon be there and see for yourself jesus my son Someone told me it was hilly and strewn with rocks. It is a rough and rugged place. Herod's palace is built on the top of a hill, while the temple is built on a flat place between Herod's palace and the Kidron Valley. 
There are a number of sheer cliffs and a lot of rough stony ground. I can hardly wait to see it. It might be better, Jesus, my son, were you to think on the reason we are going to Jerusalem rather than what the city looks like. I have thought a lot about it, Mother. We are going to the Passover feast. It commemorates the experience of the children of Israel as they waited for word from Pharaoh that they could leave Egypt. Why are we taking you with us this particular year? I am 12 years old now, and every Israelite male child at the age of 12 is taken to Jerusalem to participate in the Passover as a sign that he is leaving childhood and entering young manhood. You learn your lessons well. Mother, I, uh, I'm quite sure that the Passover means more than just a commemoration of something that happened centuries ago. Well, what do you mean, my son? The slain Passover lamb represents a slain savior. Slain? But the savior is to free us. Doesn't Isaiah say, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. But to be slain? Sometimes, Jesus, I don't understand you, or your actions, or your thinking. You are an Israelite and should conform to the customs of the Israelites. First of all, Mother, I must conform to the will of God. I must know his will and do his biddings. The journey from Galilee took several days. The travelers united in large companies for companionship and protection. All along the way were spots memorable in the history of Israel. And as the towers of Jerusalem came into view, every voice joined in the triumphant strain. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Peace be within thy walls and prosperity within thy palaces. There now, we're ready for the festivities. Oh, we have no water, Joseph. Oh, I forgot that. Jesus, take this vessel and go to the pool of Siloam and get drinking water. I'll go to the pool of Bethesda and get water for other purposes. Where is the pool of Siloam, Father? That wall there is the wall built in Solomon's time. That gate is the fish gate. Go through it, then south past the temple to the Tower of the Furnaces. It's at the turning of the broad wall. Follow that wall south past Milo. Continue south along that wall until you come to the wall of the original city of David. Uh, you can tell that wall it's older and in disrepair. Where that wall turns eastward is the pool. Crowds will be there. You can't miss it. Don't take too long, son. We don't want to be late to the opening services. I'll run, Mother. No need to do that. It's an hour or so yet before the Paschal services, so take it easy. Look around. Just don't take too long. I won't, Mother. Oh, Mother. Jerusalem is beautiful. I didn't realize people lived in such large and pretty houses. And the gates and walls are almost unbelievable. I did not get to see the marketplace, but I did see things for sale inside of buildings and out. All manner of things. We'll talk about Jerusalem later, son. Right now we've got to go or we'll be late. We must not be late, mother. Going to the temple and Passover is the reason we are here. Where's father? Talking to a friend. Joseph! Joseph, we're ready to go.
Joseph and Mary and Jesus made their way along with great crowds of people to the court of the temple where stood the altar of burnt offerings. Jesus witnessed for the first time the white-robed priests performing their solemn ministry. O Lord, God of Moses and Jacob, as thou hast commanded, so do we this fourteenth day of the second month. We keep thy appointed Passover, and even we shall keep it according to all the rites of it, and according to all the ceremonies thereof shall we keep it. Jesus beheld the bleeding lamb upon the altar of sacrifice. With the worshippers, he bowed in prayer, while a cloud of incense ascended before God. Forgive, O Lord, the sins of thy people. Forgive, O Lord, the sins of thy people. Accept our offering, O Lord, and give unto us peace and blessings. Accept our offering, O Lord, and give unto us peace and blessings. Day after day, Jesus witnessed the impressive rites of the services. Day by day, he saw their meaning more clearly. Each act seemed to be bound up with his own life. New impulses were awakening within him. Silent and absorbed, he seemed to be studying out a great problem. Son, you seem sober, absorbed in deep thought. Is there anything wrong? No, Mother. The mystery of my mission is beginning to open up before me. That is one reason your father, Joseph, and I wished so much to bring you to Jerusalem, so you could come in direct contact with the great teachers in Israel. We hope that you will be led to reverence the learned rabbis and give more diligent heed to their requirements. God has been teaching me in the temple services. That which I receive from God, I shall begin at once to impart to others. We'll continue the Bible story tomorrow. And if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at one 800 Six three four zero two three four. That's one eight hundred six three four zero two three four. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Let me tell you.
Pastor Perez. Well, hi, Hannah. Why are you sitting here in an empty church? Oh, I, I love to listen to Mrs. Peterson practice the organ. So soothing. And what are you doing here on a warm Wednesday afternoon? I want to ask you a question about last week's sermon. Okay. You said that prayer is really important, right? Right. Well, if God knows everything about us and knows exactly what we need... Why do we need to pray? Wow, Hannah, I am proud of you. You really listened to my sermon. I'll bet you're thinking about the text I read in Matthew that says that God sends rain on both the just and the unjust, those who love him and those who don't. The just pray, the unjust don't. But both receive the gift of rain. So if God is going to do things for us anyway, why ask him for stuff? It would be like me saying to my mom, please give me breakfast. She's going to fix me breakfast whether I ask for it or not because she loves me. Exactly. Your mom and God act out of love and love doesn't require anything of the other person. So maybe asking God for things isn't how we should always pray. What do you do when your mom fixes you a delicious breakfast? I say, hey, thanks, mom. Great oatmeal. And? And that's what I should say to God. Thank you for your blessing. Now you're on the right track, Hannah. Our prayers should reflect our gratitude for the many blessings God has given us even when we don't ask for them. Sometimes we get so busy wishing for things we don't have that we forget to thank God for the many blessings we've already received. The next time I pray, I'm going to do a lot more thanking and a lot less asking. And I'm going to thank God for young people who actually listen in church. That's a real blessing. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Some kids think their parents make too many rules. Clean your room. Make your bed. Pick up your dirty socks. But God says when you obey and respect your parents as the leaders of your home, then life will be better for you. Deuteronomy 5, verse 16. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may be well with you. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you honor your father and your mother as the Lord has commanded you that your days may be long that it may be well with you has commanded you. Your days may be long, 
You've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 10 The Detectives Tell the Story. Chris, please take another look around the inside of the yurt, Mr. Vargas asked. I want to make sure we don't forget anything. Sure, Dad, Chris said. Minutes later, Chris came out of the yurt carrying a small tennis shoe. Yo yo, is this yours? He grinned as he held up the shoe. I found it under the bed, full of rocks. Oh, my shoe and pretty rocks, Yo-Yo exclaimed. Thanks, Chris. As Mr. Vargas put the last suitcase into the car, John Perkins came up the path to their yurt. Hello, he said. Looks like you're leaving town. Mr. Vargas looked up. Oh, hello, John. Good to see you again. Chris and Maria looked at each other in surprise, then looked at John. Do you know our dad? Sure do, John answered with a smile. It's sort of hard not to bump into someone when they are staying right next to you. Mr. Vargas closed the back of the car. We've talked several times, he said. When I saw John's license plate, I was curious why someone would be so far away from home. He told me he was here doing some research on his great-grandfather, and the you kids were helping. They've been a big help, too, John exclaimed. You've got a couple of great detectives. I haven't had a chance to tell you what happened. He winked at Chris and Maria. It would be more exciting if we could show you. Oh, could we? Chris and Maria said together. Do we have time, Dad? Mr. Vargas looked at his watch and then at Mrs. Vargas. I think we have time to see what our two great detectives have discovered. Then follow me, Chris shouted. He led everyone down the road to the sandy path that went to the graveyard. Well, this is where it all started, Chris said when they reached the old graveyard. Maria and I found this place the first day we were here. Maria spoke up. It was all overgrown except for one grave, Charles Perkins's. That's what started the mystery. Someone was cleaning it up, but we didn't know who or why. After we talked to the park ranger, we learned that the graveyard belonged to the Simpson family. They used to own all this land around here. Chris took over the story. The ranger also told us that Charles Perkins's father was once the lighthouse keeper, added Chris. After I met John at the lighthouse, Maria realized he had the same last name as on the gravestone. When we had a chance to talk to John, we learned that he was cleaning up the grave because it was his great-grandfather's. We also found out that he was trying to solve a mystery about the lighthouse and his great-grandfather. Then it was Maria's turn again. After John had the grave all cleaned up, we noticed this, she said as she pointed to the carving of the lighthouse on the gravestone. When I made a rubbing of it, we noticed this small X. Chris used a long pine needle to point to the faint X on the foundation. We thought that X might mark the spot for a treasure, he added, just like a real treasure map. So, that took us back to the lighthouse, said Maria. Do we have time to go there, Chris asked Mr. Vargas. 
Of course, said Mr. Vargas. I want to see what you found. So where's the X? asked Yo-Yo as everyone stood looking at the old lighthouse. Chris explained, there isn't an X written down. It just marked where something was hidden. And that's what Maria and I had to figure out next, where that place was. Chris finally figured out that we needed to be on the correct side of the lighthouse, Maria said. We needed the same side of the lighthouse that we could see on the rubbing. Chris held up the rubbing so everyone could see what she was talking about. Then he led everyone over to the side of the lighthouse where they had found the treasure. Charles Perkins hid something here, Chris said, pointing to the stone foundation. Can you tell where? Mr. and Mrs. Vargas looked at each other, then shrugged their shoulders. I think you'd better show us, Chris, laughed Mr. Vargas. Otherwise, we could be here all day. Chris knelt down beside the foundation and carefully removed a small piece of rock. He hid his treasure back in this secret hiding place, he said. It stayed there in secret for almost 100 years. Then John told everyone about the old lunch pail and what was inside it, including the missing pages from the old diary that solved the mystery of his great-grandfather. When he finished talking, everyone was quiet for a moment, just thinking. Finally, Chris spoke, and that's the mystery of the abandoned lighthouse, brought to you by the great detectives, Chris and Maria. Everyone laughed. Well, detectives, said Mrs. Vargas, we've got a long trip ahead of us, so we'd better get going. Chris stood up and brushed the sand off his jeans. Bye, John. Thanks for helping to make our vacation really exciting. You're welcome, replied John. And Chris? Yes? Keep trusting. It's a good way to stay out of trouble. Chris grinned. I know. The story you've heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 12, Mystery of the Abandoned Lighthouse, written by Suzanne Grant Perdue and Grant Perdue, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.